Hi, everybody. This is Pat Young uh, from Dog Your Books In. Uh, I'm here with another episode of our uh, local author podcast called Right Here, Right Now. And yes, it is W-R-I-T-E. But uh, we are so excited to have uh, one of our favorite local authors here with us today, Brandy Easterling Collins. Brandy, it's so good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, we, We really are so fortunate in this area to have quite a few heavy hitters as far as writers and authors are concerned. Um, and if you haven't read some of these, the books that especially the Brandy's written, you need to get on that. We're going to be talking just a little bit about process. And let's just start out, Brandy. How did you get into writing? Well, I got into writing mainly by reading. Um, once I learned how to read, I just never stopped. Um, as a little kid, reading was always more important to me than television. And I think some of the most formative years of my life when I was a young adult, um, I got a lot of help from reading books and just, you know, immersing myself in those stories. And there were so many stories that I felt could be expanded upon. And I thought, well, why won't I just do this myself? So I started writing um, when I was a teenager, actually. Several of the novels that I've published started out as ideas or even full-fledged drafts of when I was a teenager. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's a really good point to make that uh, writers have to be readers. Now, what are the books that you have currently released that, that we carry in our store? Okay, right now um, I have Caroline's Lighthouse, which is a young adult ghost story slash romance, not a scary story, very much uh, endearing historical Um, Jordan's sister is more of a new adult or older young adult. Uh, The characters are in their mid-20s. And that one is about a couple of musical former child stars who were kind, you know, trying to make their own way. Um, What I learned that summer is another historical uh, young adult fiction. It's set in the mid-90s. A young girl is learning some very valuable lessons from her grandfather as she spends a summer with him at his small motel in Arkansas. And then um, One Shot, my newest release, is also a young adult. It's more of a political-themed novel. You have the Manchester family, the father and the family's running for president, and a lot of scary things start happening when his youngest daughter is kidnapped. So those are the ones that are out right now. Oh, wow. And I have not read all of them, but I will be, (laughs) because those all sound really good. So um, it seems that you uh, kind of focus more on young adult or, um, you know, like you say, new adults. um, Yes. In early 20s or whatever. Is there, are you just drawn to that? Also, the the historical aspect of setting it in different time frames, Mm -hmm. are you... Um, Not all of them are historical. Um, Jordan's sister and one shot are more contemporary. Um, What I learned that summer, the main reason I made it set in the mid-90s is because I needed the uh, protagonist, Kincaid, to learn her lessons without a cell phone in her hand. So really the only way I could make that logical was to set it in the 1990s because having a nearly 16-year-old without some form of communication these days is just unheard of. Exactly. And then um, with Caroline's Lighthouse, it was very much the same way. I needed them not to have all of that technology and to be relying on their own minds and going to the library and doing things that... um, 
kids wouldn't necessarily do today mm -hmm. if they were in that right. same situation exactly. and they had their cell phone. Um, as far as young adult, new adult, that's when I read the most. So I've always been drawn to that genre. Um, I like mostly realistic fiction. Um, of course, the ghost story is a little more on the paranormal side. But um, while I appreciate the fantasy genre, it's not something I really enjoy reading or writing. Mm -hmm. So I try to stick with what I love. Yeah, you write what you know or mm -hmm. you love, like you said. Yes, and strong female characters are oh. generally where I go. All of my main characters are female and they're overcoming something. And I feel like that's going to be a theme with everything I write. Oh, that's amazing because those are, um, those are really good books for, for that age uh, when they're coming out of those teen years and becoming more an adult. Um, the problems and the situations and the issues that they have, uh, it's good to have books that they can read and relate to and might give them some guidance on how to solve something. Hopefully, without being too preachy exactly. about it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you do a lot of research on your books um, as far as the if you set them at a certain time? Yes, definitely. Um, for Caroline's Lighthouse, I did a lot of research on um, different types of photography because part of the story is set in the mid-1800s, so I had to make sure that I was accurate when I spoke about the photography and some of the customs of the time, as well as what a lighthouse would look like if it were built during that time period. Mm -hmm. When I created the fictional town of Betancourt, I looked at coastal towns in Virginia to make sure that I was being as accurate as possible. And then um, for some of my other novels, um, Jordan's Sister, I did a lot of research um, reading celebrity gossip to try to get the feel for what some of those, you know, celebs were going through and right. read a couple of memoirs of celebs who had had some problems. Um, I researched political system for one shot. And, um, of course, I go back and check my memory. If I'm referencing a song that the character loves... I want to make certain that that song was released during that time. <laughs> yeah. I know recently I watched a series on Netflix, and it's supposed to be set, let's say, in 1994, and the opening song wasn't released until 1997. Uh -huh. And I about lost my mind. <laughs> I'm like, did they not have an intern or something uh, yeah. who can check this? Exactly. So um, while I know there's got to be mistakes in my novels because I'm human, I try to keep them to a minimum by making sure that I have my research together and... Even something as simple as, you know, what are the laws for scattering uh, cremains in California? Mm -hmm. What's the waiting period to have someone cremated? Mm -hmm. And different things like that. So it's like, I hope the FBI is not looking at my computer. They're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. overdose symptoms if someone has a drug yeah. problem. Just making sure that I'm as accurate as possible. Yeah, and as a reader, I always appreciate that in an author. Um, because I will take things that I read and I will, you know, it's like, oh, that must be true. And so sometimes it's in my mind and then, uh, you know, you find out later on it's either, yeah, yeah, it was true or no, they, they were wrong. Do you have a way to um, communicate with your readers and your fans so that, you, that they can tell you what they love about it or the questions they have? Do you do any kind of... Well, um, I do have a newsletter on my website, which is mm -hmm. canIscareyou.com. Um, there's a contact form there, and I always respond to messages if someone sends me one. Um, 
of course, you know, I've had some people reach out to me directly through Facebook and ask questions, and I'm always willing to answer those. And then I've given a couple of talks at the local university Boys and Girls Club at the Dardanelle Library, um, just different talks mm-hmm. with young readers and writers about how I got started. And uh, you have been uh, with us. We've had you a couple of times with NaNoWriMo, which is coming yes. up in November. Uh, if you don't know what that is, you can contact Dog Ear Books, and we will fill you in. But it is a way for uh, novice writers, new writers, people who are interested, people who have a manuscript, but just uh, a way to get you focused and really get you into it. And we've had panels before, and Brandy has been on uh, one of our panels with other local authors to share um, their experiences. And one of the things that I know we have uh, talked about is um, getting your book published. Yes. And I think um, just about any, every local author that we have spoken with has had a different story, a different journey in their publication because there are so many choices out there. Some of them are okay. Many of them are not. So what was your path um, getting published? Okay, well... um At first, I thought I wanted to go traditional and try to get an agent and, you know, seek out publication with a major firm. And after giving it a lot of thought, I realized that my goal was to put out good work that didn't necessarily have a bunch of hands in it and making it where I didn't own it anymore. Yeah. So I decided to go the self-publication route um, creating my own publishing company, which is Luminous Publishing. Wow, um, at first, I used a secondary company called Archway where I had to pay for the services because I was so new to the field. I wanted a little bit of guidance as I went through. Um, it was expensive, but they did publish my book. And unfortunately, listening to the advice of a poor editor that they had, left my very first publication of Caroline's Lighthouse uh, less than stellar, I would say. Mm -hmm. So when I decided with my second novel to actually form the publishing company, I went back and canceled my contract with Archway and took back the rights to Caroline's Lighthouse and republished it with a new cover and slightly updated some of those little editing hiccups that were there Mm -hmm. and decided that from then on I would just publish my own novels with the goal to someday publish others' novels, yeah, as an independent yeah, yeah. That's company. always um, that that intrigues me because mm-hmm. I think it would be great if we had more local people. And I do know of a couple of other people that kind of have done that. But um, you've been very successful in in doing the this um, you know your self publishing. Uh, what is that like? That that process like? How did you form your publishing company? Okay. Um, as far as Luminous, I chose the name because it just felt like it was me coming into light, basically, mm-hmm. deciding that it, I guess, redefining what success meant to me. Um, it wasn't that I needed to be on Oprah on a book tour. Mm-hmm. It was just that I needed to publish this for me and for that reader. Even mm-hmm. if it's one reader who I can touch, yeah. that's good enough for me. And I want something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Working as a professional writer and editor, I have a little bit better of a jump on things, I'd like to say, when I'm Mm -hmm. getting a manuscript ready. Right. So, you know, having that publishing company, 
it's basically my own imprint on the spine of the book. And in order to do that, I also have to purchase the ISBN mm-hmm. um, numbers right. myself, which mm-hmm. I supply. I use Amazon uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, so mm-hmm. I'm able to publish the Kindle version as well as the paperback. And now there is a hardback option. Oh. Um, it's not a hardback with a dust cover, but it's like the general hardback that has the um, actual cover art printed right. on, the, on the cover and the spine. So that's a new option, which is great if um, someone's a local author wanting to donate a copy to the library. Oh, yeah. It's super helpful to have that hardback because paperbacks can become damaged when they're exactly. used often. And right. that's what you want. You want your book to be checked out often. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with, with my process... Um, What's great about Kindle Direct is you can upload your items, you can order a proof, and you know you can take as long as you need in order to get that book ready to click submit. Um, so they have a special program you can download, um, Kindle Create, so that you can actually lay out your Kindle version. You can just upload your Word document or PDF and format it right there on your screen. You don't have to know heavy computer code or wow. anything like that. Um, They also have a cover creator. If someone is not skilled in graphic design, they can use some of the stock photos or stock artwork and create their own cover because a book cover is very important. You want to make sure that it looks good. Um, I don't actually use that service. I do graphic design on my own. I've had some training in visual arts backgrounds as well. So I do all of my cover art. And, um, you know, once that's finished and getting the book laid out, I'm able to actually get that hard copy in my hand to proof. And once I have it correct and as well as I want it to be, Mm -hmm. I can click publish. And I generally try to have a certain publication date in mind. Um, Most regular paperbacks and hardbacks are published on Tuesdays. Right. I don't necessarily follow that rule with mine. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one book that I wanted to publish on my late father's birthday, so I did that. I had another that I published on my late aunt's birthday. So um, that's That's one of the the fun parts of being an independent publisher Mm -hmm. when you're not driven on those sales necessarily, that you can choose a date that's meaningful. Absolutely. That's great. Um, Yeah, I have have, uh, gotten a lot of really helpful information from you when we've talked previous times and um for a a writer just starting out uh I think you know (laughs) you should do a class (laughs) a master class on just the process because you know we've heard a lot of uh local authors that will tell us well I started with this this person or this group and I had to pay them a lot of money, and then they didn't do this, and so then I had to, you know, fight for my book, and and so it it is a process, but if it's doable, and I think it's probably gotten better. There are better, like Amazon. Um, Amazon is super easy to yeah. use, and I know Amazon gets a lot of bad press, but. At the same time, I mean, the services are just so easy to Mm -hmm. use. Right. And you can also choose expanded distribution. Um, You don't get as much royalty from that, but my books are also available at Barnes & Noble and other bookstores, Google Books, Mm -hmm. just by clicking that extra button. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's helpful to be able to do that. And um, 
Also, if someone doesn't want the expense of having to buy their own ISBNs, Mm -hmm. then they can choose just to publish exclusively with Amazon and use one of the Amazon-owned numbers. Oh. Um, How much are those numbers to um, to actually buy those numbers? It varies if you can catch a sale. Um, I bought a 10-pack for around $400. Okay. And the thing is, you have to have a different ISBN for your ebook version and for your paperback version and hardback. Or if you do a large print, anything that's significantly mm-hmm. different, you have oh, to have a separate okay. ISBN. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the 10-pack will last you a few books if you're only publishing two versions. Um, oh. I've exhausted mine at this point. I'll have to purchase some new ones, but... Um, it's just helpful to keep those things in mind. And what that imprint allows you to do, well, I say imprint, what that specialty number allows you to mm-hmm. do is to publish under your own imprint. If you use the Amazon number, it will say independently published by Amazon Services. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so that's not something I wanted. I wanted to have my own publishing well, company sure. name on there. Yeah. Um, so uh, how many hours a day do you write? Well, um, since I do it for a living now, Mm -hmm. um, or I have for quite some time, um, as far as I'm paid by another company to write for them, um, I write probably four hours a day for work. And then as far as writing for myself, here lately, there hasn't been a lot of that just with the pandemic and everything going mm-hmm. on. But right. when I'm actively working on a novel, I try to put in between two and three hours a day. Um, I generally take a couple of breaks during the week. Uh, Sundays are usually not a big writing day for me. And for some reason, Mondays aren't either. I think it's mm-hmm. just the craze of my children going back to school <laughs> exactly. and trying to keep them fed and clothes and clean laundry and all that Exactly. you got to have a day for that, right? Yes, but it's like my prime time for writing um, has always been between 8.30 and midnight. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I'm most creative when mm-hmm. it comes to writing for myself. Now, writing during the day works great when I'm writing a blog post for work, Mm -hmm. but uh, for that creativity, it's like I need that alone time after my children have gone off to bed so that I can focus in. Do you find it um, a little challenging at times, working at home, uh, having an active family? uh, Is that sometimes hard to juggle? Yes, very much so. Um, I just have to make priorities. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so it's like the writing is something that I enjoy doing, so it Mm -hmm. helps relax me and fulfills me, so it's like I consider that part of my self-care, and whether, you know, whether I have an hour to do it or two hours to do it, I just try to make the most of that time that I have. Right. I have to shut myself away and tell my kids, you know, dad's completely in charge, mom is not here. Just, you know, leave me alone unless right. you're dying or this bleeding or something. Mom's time. So, yes. yeah. And, and my children are older now. They're 13 and 9. So they're to the point where they can make yeah. themselves their own lunch. And Absolutely. And that's like good. That. And um, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but I think that's really good for kids to see not just dad, but mom um, pursuing their dream and making it happen and seeing that. Um, it won't be easy. It's not just a snap your fingers and it's done. But uh, I can do. I want to do this so I can do it because I've seen mom do it, 
And so that, that I think, is a, is a really great um, lesson to come out of the way that you're doing things. Um, so um, one of the questions I had was, does your family support your, your career as a writer? So, they certainly do. Yeah. My husband is amazing. He... He loves video games and knows that I don't, so he's always happy to go off and play his video <laughs> games so I can write. And then we have other time we get to spend together for maybe we'll catch a TV show or go for a walk or something like yeah. that. And he's always willing to be the typical male opinion when I need one. Yeah. Um, of, okay, I need this guy to say something. How would you say it? And yeah. He, and that, he's super helpful in yeah. that. And then my children... Um, I'd like to think they're proud of me. They've told their friends that their mom's an author, and you know they went to the Good. talks I did at the library, and they weren't terribly embarrassed. I mean, <laughs> you know, I didn't like break out and dance in front of anybody, so they're probably exactly. going to be okay. So but, they're like, "Oh, thank goodness, we, yes, we dodged that one." Yes, so. <laughs> and I think my daughter is most excited about getting to read my books someday. Oh yeah, both of my kids are really big readers. That's um, good. My son, he's more into the fantasy realm, so he's my Harry Potter guy. So mm-hmm. I don't really write what he would read, but he's still proud of me. And then my oh. daughter. At age nine, she's not quite ready to read what mm-hmm. I've written. But mm-hmm. as soon as she is, she's ready. She's yeah. chomping at the bit. I mean, um, as far as reading levels go, she's definitely ready. She could read what I've written. Exactly, but right. maturity level-wise, I'm not quite ready to explain <laughs> yeah. certain things to her well, quite yeah. yet. Well, yeah, and that's the thing about um, the books. I know that especially, especially with the young adult uh, books that we've had in the past, as I've read, because I honestly enjoy the middle school level (laughs) books and young adult books uh maybe more than some other you know like more adult fiction but um i i just uh remember reading some of the very popular young adult series fantasy and um they usually have uh thorns crowns roses swords (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if it has one of those words in it, I've probably read it. But um, as I read through them, and I and I found this with Twilight also, uh, they got, became more adult until it got to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't know if parents understand. And you don't want to censor. We do not want to censor our books. But I think being informed, you know, so so I understand that uh, we we kind of made a more mature young adult teen mm-hmm. book section, you know. Yes, and that's Just, kind of where yeah. the new adult comes in, too. Yeah, Some of yeah. those slightly older. And I'm the same way. I, I'm not necessarily censoring what my children read. I'm right. holding what exactly. they can read until right. I feel that they are mature enough to handle well, it. Well, that's it. And, you know, you mm-hmm. read things, and it will affect you. It will, um, no matter how your age or um, how mature you are, it's going to affect you in some way. And so I totally understand the um you know you're not quite ready for this you will be someday and you will understand it um i, I do you know who cory ten boom is yes you heard? okay mm-hmm. years ago i read a thing about her and um she made a comment that at some point she wanted to uh, know about something or understand about something and maybe her grandmother or her father or someone said um you're not ready and she's like, yes, I am. And so he took a suitcase. He filled it with stuff. And he said, okay, pick that suitcase up and, ha- and carry it. 
She couldn't because it was too heavy. He said, okay, so that's, someday you'll be able to carry that just fine. And so I've always had that stuck in my mind that that, and I explain it to my grandkids and all, someday you'll be ready to, to do that. And so I think that's, I don't, I don't think that's censoring at all. I think that's um, preparing kids. Yes, and parenting. Exactly. We, we yeah. have a rule in our house. I mean, my kids, they always know they can ask me anything. Mm-hmm. And I will either answer them or tell them that they're not ready to hear the answer yet. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what we do. And, yeah. you know, I always tell them, okay, you're not going to get in trouble for asking me. If you need to say a word you've never heard before, ask me in private. You're not going to get in trouble for saying a bad right, word exactly. if you seriously have heard it and you need to know what it means. Mm-hmm. I will answer you and then, you know, most likely tell you not to say that word again. Exactly. But, <laughs> you know, just making sure that they know that I'm there for them. And yeah. as far as books go, I mean, as soon as I feel it's age appropriate, I'm mm-hmm. going to let them read pretty much anything and be ready to talk yeah. to them about it. Sure, and I think that that is key when it comes to anything, but especially books. Um, reading as a parent, reading the books with them or at the same time that they're reading them and discussing, and I think mm-hmm. that's um, that's a good point to make. Uh, if you didn't write, what would you do? Um, let's see. I would probably be like a real estate agent or something mm-hmm. because I absolutely love looking at houses oh, and looking at the potential they might have, uh-huh. especially older houses that have that character, mm-hmm. crown molding and like the craftsman style, Victorian houses, things like that. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that'll be my retirement job someday. I'll just be this little real estate agent running around selling houses. But um, I've always been interested in that, too. Yeah. So I think if I wasn't pulled so much into writing, I would probably do that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're pulled to writing. Um, do you have a lot of trouble editing your books as far as, you know, like you've written it, you've read it, you put it aside, you read it again, and it's like, do you ever come across something and think, um, I need to totally change this part? Absolutely. I mean, one thing that some people try to do is they try to edit a lot while they're writing, and mm. that's just slowing down the process. I like to get out a first draft just as best as I can mm-hmm. and then put it away for a couple of weeks and then go back and read it again. And that's where I make my improvements. Mm -hmm. So I usually do at least one editing session before I send to my beta readers. And then once my betas are finished, they send me back comments. And I look at all the comments that I get back and take those into consideration. Um, Not that I change everything that they suggest, but if several people, if I have four beta readers and three of them were confused by something, then I should probably listen to that Mm -hmm. and rewrite it in a way that it conveys what I meant. Right, exactly. And then as far as editing my own stuff, I mean, I've been doing that for years, so I'm human. I'm not going to catch everything. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get my finished book and I find that typo, I just cringe. (laughs) It it kills me. Oh, I'm sure. And a couple of typos are easily forgivable, but I know that when I pick up a book and I see a ton of typos, it, it just makes me feel like that somebody was careless whether Mm -hmm. it was the editor or the author themselves if they self-published and that's not something that I want in my books I want people to know that I really tried to make it the best read possible so and you can tell yes and so I employ all the tricks that I can and printing it in a different font is really helpful Um, Mm -hmm. like a cursive font um, 
course, for those young people out there, cursive is a type of writing that we used to use. And it's the old you know, You'll see it on the Declaration of Independence. That's exactly right. Um, but anyway, you can find fonts um, that force you to slow down as well as reading it out loud because mm. pretty much everybody except for the like auctioneers who can talk really fast um, are going to read faster in their head than they will out loud. Mm-hmm. So reading out loud and with a crazy font forces you to slow down and really see the words. And then also I highly recommend reading your sentences backwards word per word oh. if you have a really tricky section uh-huh. and that helps catch those misspellings because sometimes oh. spell check isn't going to catch something if it's technically spelled correctly yeah but it's not the right word exactly in my very first publication of caroline's lighthouse um i used the word peaked meaning peaked interest which mm-hmm. should have mm-hmm. had the q u in it uh-huh. no that is not what my writing at midnight with children <laughs> word said it said peaked with the ea and okay. so i felt like such an idiot but you know it happens we're all human but nothing oh. nothing caught that and like six beta readers did not catch that mm-hmm. so i caught it fixed it in my second publication but there's just little things like that that Sometimes you'll catch, and sometimes you want. You, you know, you, yeah. you won't. Yeah, but you well, want and, to do and when you've as written much it, as possible. You know what it was. Exactly. You know what it's supposed to say. You know what it's supposed and to say. I, I have that a lot with the word "you" and "your." Why uh-huh. you are. I will leave off that R mm-hmm. and go back and read it. And I think it looks great. And somebody mm-hmm. else will say, wait, don't you mean? Mm-hmm. And as, yes. as the writer, you know what it's supposed to be. And yes. so it's there in your head. But, yes, and um, I'm glad you mentioned the word your, too. There's your oh as in you own something. Uh-huh. And there's your as in you are the contraction. Mm-hmm. That is my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. You see it on Facebook all the time. Oh, gosh, yeah. But yeah. Um, what I do is any commonly misused words like that, like your the contraction and there um and you know just things like that i do like there's a find edit replace feature Mm -hmm. on word i seriously check every single instance of the word your Mm -hmm. as in you know your dog Mm -hmm. and your as in you are Mm -hmm. and make sure that each one is correct because that's something that i know bothers me Mm -hmm. so i want to make sure that it's accurate and I know I've read some professionally published books um by the late great Mary Higgins Clark yeah um, I consider her like a beach read type novel mm-hmm. um I don't have to really dig deep for her novels mm-hmm. and I really enjoy them right and I found this one section where the character's name is misspelled yeah. on the same page. It's like there's the, yeah. the character's name is spelled one way here and then the next second or even put, diff- have different characters names switched yes that I've drives me I've nuts seen i've that seen that too. and and it's also in uh, you know like the formally published where you think it's going to go through you mm-hmm. know some big exactly. major thing and and somebody's missed that yeah. i'm thinking okay a junior <laughs> editor should have caught that exactly yeah so you know things like that any of my characters names i run a search for common common ways to misspell those names mm-hmm. and find it like in caroline's lighthouse there's a character named john it's j-o-n because his name is actually short for jonathan mm-hmm. which is funny anyway because my husband's name is jonathan but mm-hmm. i wrote caroline's lighthouse years before i met him oh wow <laughs> so it just it just worked out that way but yeah. i did a search for john j-o-h-n 
just to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. And mm-hmm. sure enough, I caught one. Oh. Um, especially when you're writing a chapter or two at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to make that mistake. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's always good to do the best you can. And having someone else read it is super important. Yes, absolutely. Because like, like I said, mm-hmm. you know what you meant. But exactly. can somebody else get that same thing? And, and not just your friend who's the grammar police. Exactly. You need a friend who just likes to read for fun. Is right. going to catch those thematic elements of like, hey, why did this character do this? This doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And Weren't they doing this different in the last chapter and now they're doing what? Yes. Or they had you know blonde hair, but now they're a brunette. Mm-hmm. Did they have their hair color? <laughs> you know? yes. If they did, put that in the book. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Well, and then the descriptions. Um, I did receive some criticism about my vivid descriptions in Caroline's Lighthouse. And you know, I elected to go ahead and republish with the vivid descriptions in place. And I added a disclaimer and said, you know, look, the, you know, protagonist is a vivid, you know, person mm-hmm. and she's a history buff and she's describing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken all of this into consideration and I tried to split up some of the descriptions in my next novels. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better as I go. Yeah. And that's going to be true with any writer. Right. If you read, you know, Stephen King's first novel versus his latest novel, you're going to yeah. see differences there. Right. Um, now, I would never want to write like Stephen King. Um, you know, a thousand pages is a bit much for, for my stories. Right. But, you know, for him and his stories, that's his style. Sure. And that's something that I always say to new authors, too, is don't try to mimic somebody else. You've right. got to find your own style. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely compare your books to others and say, hey, if you like this author, you might also enjoy my stories. Mm-hmm. Someone, you know, who's inspired you, something like that. But, sure, yeah. You know, developing their own style, their own voice. Right, that's because... They're, I, I get, uh, I'm really intrigued by books that um, uh, will take a common uh, theme. And I know I've heard somewhere at some point in time that there are like seven basic storylines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's it. And then everything else is like a, but um, I recently read a couple of books uh, about, and they took, oh my gosh, they took fairy tale characters Snow White, Rapunzel, Cinderella, uh, Aurora, Belle from B- uh, they took them and totally flipped it upside down, which I think can be dangerous because you can I, I can get lost in that kind of thing and, but this was so cleverly done and uh, they they were all ruling their own kingdoms and then they were kicked out of the land of enchantment and uh, you know, so it was like, and and they brought every fairy tale character you can think of, Red Riding Hood, uh, you know, like Ariel. I just brought all this stuff in, and I thought, how creative that is to take a basic story that you you know and flip it on its head. So you know, I think uh, we were talking about fan fiction a while ago. Yes, and uh, you know, because they, I think, I haven't read a lot of fan fiction, but. They can sometimes take the basic book and do something different with it, right? Absolutely. Take it in a different direction, which I don't know, as an author, do you have any control over people kind of taking your story in another direction? Or um, It really depends on what they're doing with it, I think. Mm-hmm. If someone's deliberately stealing your work, that's... Plagiarizing copyright. is yeah, different. That's yeah, that's a copyright yeah. violation, Yeah. But 
if they're such a big fan that they're trying to expand upon it, mm-hmm. me as an author, I would almost take that as a compliment mm-hmm. as opposed to being upset with right. them. But I, I suppose, I mean, that would depend upon, you know, the publication itself mm-hmm. and if there's any kind of clause in there that copyrights the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, just about anybody can get away with changing names and changing <laughs> settings. And, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think about, like, how many times has Romeo and Juliet, the story, been rewritten? Right. And I'm, and I'm sure that, I mean, Shakespeare, he probably got it from somebody else, too. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just... Like we said, there's not that many storylines, well, but no, you can spin and, them out and make something your own kind of thing. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, I think of like, you know, the very, very old text. And I mean, even people take stories out of the Bible Mm -hmm. and turn them into, you know, contemporary fiction type stories. And um, so, I mean, there's so many old stories that can be made new. Mm -hmm. And um, but like you said, I think it's uh, you need to be careful about how you do it. Absolutely. And and do it the right way, you know, not uh, plagiarizing somebody. Yeah, definitely or, not. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the disclaimer, too, in the front of all of my books. This is a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I don't loosely base some of my characters off of people I know. I do that. Um, and Caroline's Lighthouse, the character of Mark, uh, Caroline's dad, I very much based him off of my late stepfather. Mm. Um, and then, do, do they know, do they know it when you do that? Do, do you tell the people that that's where? How do they? Well, like, do they, he he didn't get to know that because I mean he knew I was writing a novel when I was a teenager, but unfortunately mm-hmm. he passed away before I published oh, it. So, yeah. but you know, I'd like to think. I mean, I'm a pretty spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think he knows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, things like that. And I gave them the last name of the first name of my father, mm-hmm. who also passed away. I've lost two dads, unfortunately. Oh, so yeah, sometimes you'll see grief as a theme in some of my novels to try to help the people who read it of how these characters get through sure. their grief and, and that's yeah different things like that. I've based certain characters off of friends, but I never take the entire personality. I may take one thing from friend A and a different thing from uh-huh. friend B and uh-huh. mix them together a little bit. And you Do know. people ever say, is that me? Sometimes. Is that me you're writing about here? Is that, who, is that how I am to you? you know, do they ever question Sometimes. It? It, yeah. The ones that know my heart, do they know that I mean well? Yeah. Um, so I haven't had anybody get upset by that. Now, I have upset people on my blog where I write personal uh-huh. opinions, and I've offered apologies and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I try to be really careful on my blog. I don't mention names if I'm talking about something. Because um, here recently I lost a day job and had to search for a new day job. So, mm-hmm. of course, that was a big deal for me. So I wrote about it just thinking, you know, maybe I can help other people who are going through the oh, same gosh, situation. Yeah. yeah, especially now. In, yes, in and, you year. know, I wrote about grief, and I wrote about, you know, raising my kids as a liar, because, um, you know, I we did the Santa Claus thing in my house, so I was a liar, and <laughs> when, my kids, when my kids found out the true identity of Santa, both of them were a little miffed at me, but, 
you know, they, they've, they've, you know, come to terms with that when they realize that the person they're miffed with is also the person that's helping them out with those gifts. They're exactly. like, you know what? Yeah, Mom, they are keeping a list, like, Mom, you're Emily. Not, you know, you're, you're, you're not so bad. And so I, I just totally to be, get you. Yes. I try to be honest. That's like one of my core values is integrity. So I like to be as honest as possible and try mm-hmm. not to be hurtful. Right. But I'm always, you know, right there standing up saying I messed up if I messed up and apologizing. And I think, and I think that, is, that is the bottom line. When you make a mistake, when you step over that uh, line that you shouldn't have crossed, can you say I'm sorry? You know, and I think that, that tells me more about somebody than anything else almost is if they can apologize and say, Mm-hmm. You know, I was wrong. Yes, and so I try to put that, you know, in my novels, too. None of my characters are perfect. They right. make those mistakes. Yeah. They suffer some of the consequences, and I want to try to make it That's good to see. seem yeah. as realistic as possible. Sure. And while it may or may not have a happy ending, you know. Oh, it's okay. I'll just come along and write the happy ending because I do <laughs> exactly. like a happy ending. I, I try to make mine have happy endings yeah. if I can. But kind of, it's it's kind of resolved. So that you you think okay well this probably worked out okay mm-hmm. um, that's just me I'm that yeah, way yeah it's with... like you want to know that the characters are okay <laughs> yeah yeah I, I do big, like epilogues yes. yes well I'm a big <laughs> proponent of epilogues that's another thing I got a little bit of criticism for with Caroline's Lighthouse mm-hmm. oh my goodness the epilogue is so long it's too long and I'm like okay don't read it yeah <laughs> you know? it's like exactly it's like thank you for your opinion but yeah. I had just as many people tell exactly. me they loved it yeah so, yeah and it, it just reminds me that my books aren't for everybody right you know I mean I think of things like for example Twilight or like the Fifty Shades series Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're not for me and I know that but I'm not going to knock someone else for reading them if that's what they like exactly kind of brings us back to that censorship it's like do your thing those those just won't be gracing my shelves exactly the same way I feel about music you know I love music and Mm -hmm. I have so many different things on my playlist um, none of them are country mm-hmm. because I don't really like country music, but mm-hmm. whoever does, you know, yeah, do that. I've decided uh, in my old age here that I, I appreciate the poetry of country mm-hmm. music because when you listen to the story and, and you know, mm-hmm. just without the music and the same thing with rap mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes if I really listen to the words, um, which is why I like closed captioning because then I know what they're saying. It's like Hamilton, (laughs) you know, it's like, Uh Oh, right. I am so impressed sometimes with the poetic value of that. But yeah, I'm like you, everything is not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. I I just try to, you know, stay in my lane when it comes to. Exactly. Um, So um, do you ever Google yourself? Um, I have. There's not a lot out there right now. I mean, yeah. um, there's another author on Amazon who writes under Brandy Collins who writes some erotica. So I just want to put that out there. That is not me. Um, I always write under Brandy Easterling Collins. Good um, call. Of, well, and I had always planned to do that mm-hmm. um, just out of respect for my late father. Mm-hmm. Um the Easterling name's very important to me, so I wanted to yeah. make sure. Even though I've dropped it legally when I got married, um, it's there for, you know, the pen name aspect of it. Absolutely, but yeah. I will always write under Brandy Easterling Collins, mm-hmm. and Miss Brandy Collins can write her erotica, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. 
I, I have no problem with that. It's just not what I write. Exactly. It's not so, my so listeners, take note. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be writing the young adults and new adults. Exactly. And, the, you know. Okay. The really, uh, yeah. Quality. <laughs> not that the other's not quality. Okay, never mind. I'm not digging that hole. Yes. Well, it depends on the writing style, really. It's well, like, yeah. Um, because I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't read like the Fifty Shades series, but I've read some excerpts, mm-hmm. and the writing style does not mesh well with what I like to read. Right, exactly. So, and I, I see where people, um, you know, once they get past the, oh, it's about what kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, and if they do read it, then then they get to the point where, you know what, it's really not that well written. Mm-hmm. Like people will say that about Twilight, but as I know from personal experience, my daughter, who wasn't a reader, uh, apparently, unknown to me, became a reader because of Twilight. Mm-hmm. So I have to appreciate I have to yes. appreciate that book. Well, and what I appreciate right now are the graphic novels that are coming yes, out. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, kids have read comics for years, mm-hmm. but now it's like they're comics in a book form. Exactly, and yeah. I think it's great as long as they're reading. My daughter just recently got into the Babysitter's Club graphic mm-hmm. novels, and mm-hmm. I devoured the original Babysitter's exactly, Club yeah. series in yeah. the late 80s and early 90s. And yeah. I'm just so thrilled that we have something to share. I do, too. And I've, I have found that um, when people come in and they're like, my, my child won't read, mm-hmm. uh, to, to show them those. Because some people will say, oh, graphic novels. That's just a comic book. I don't want my child. It has or... words. Exactly. <laughs> I even told a teacher once um, uh, the child wanted to do something. They're like, I, they don't have any words on the pages. And I said, well, why, why don't you tell them, hey, what would you say? If you were doing whatever that picture shows, exactly. You know, There's ways write to write a paragraph about that. It. You know, and so, uh, and we even have a, a one of the, our early reader books. Um, it's about. Uh, it, it looks very pixelated, like a video game, and mm-hmm. it's about a rabbit. And he plays video games, so there's words throughout it, but it's very colorful. And I've recommended that to so many people for their uh, sons. Mm-hmm. You know, not but it's not just for boys, but boys sometimes take a little extra push yes. to um, to get into it, but finding that book for them. So we, we're really conscious of that and uh, try to carry things that will get them hooked because exactly. it just takes that one book. You just have to find what they're interested oh, yeah. in. That's how it was yeah. with my son. Mm-hmm. He started off reading the uh, Minecraft unauthorized mm-hmm. novels, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's reading Harry Potter. Um, yeah. I gifted him a set of the hardback Harry Potter books, and mm-hmm. he's read through them twice. Oh, wow. And those are not easy books to read. No, they're not. Read. No, they're um, not. And I'll admit, I have not actually read them. It's not my genre, mm-hmm. but I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I had bought the books in anticipation of the way my son was behaving and things he gravitated toward, mm-hmm. just thinking that they would be his someday. And sure enough, they were. Oh, And I have nice. so many books I've saved for my daughter for when she's old enough as well. That's exciting. So that I, is I just exciting. love watching them discover that. And then yeah. just, you know, a helpful hint for parents, you know, if the Wi-Fi suddenly goes down in your house, exactly. oh, no, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You might yeah. have to read for a while until... Or power goes and, out. Yeah, until that, that <laughs> Wi-Fi mysteriously resets itself. heavy hinting there it does happen (laughs) i love Um, it yeah it's it's amazing how that works Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there's ways yep and if you you know can let your kids stay up that extra 30 minutes it's probably not going to affect them very much in the morning Mm -hmm. if you say well you have to go to bed at nine 
But if you want to read for 30 minutes, you can stay up till 930. It's amazing <laughs> how, you know, that makes reading seem like a really cool exactly, reward. Exactly. And you never want to use reading as a punishment. Ever, no, ever, no. ever. Um, because it's this whole world that they can learn in these books. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. so many books out there. So it's think, just uh, super important. Exactly. We Don't we have a bookmark? Uh, it says, it's got this little girl, it's kind of like, uh, oh, okay, I did something bad. Are you sending me to my room? Okay, fine. And she's got this huge library in her room. <laughs> so she wants to be sent to her room. Absolutely. Um, it's but like, that's can, good. can I get in trouble? Can exactly. you send me to my yes. room? Please? What do I need to do, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd love to go read. Oh, my gosh. Well, Brandy, this has been so fun to talk to you. And you. you've given us so much to think about. And uh, I feel like I know you better, and I'm going to get into all your books. I'm going to read them all. Can't wait uh, to hear what you think about I them. I know, and I will let you know. Uh, so um, remember, if you want to check in with Brandy, her, uh, you can contact her at caniscareyou.com, and you can give her comments or ask her questions. Uh, we do have that, like I said, NaNoWriMo, which is the national <laughs> novel writing <laughs> month yes. yes okay uh that's what that is and and you, something you said a while ago reminded me about you know just sit down and write Absolutely. just get it on try just don't worry about editing or correcting anything mm-hmm. uh or even <laughs> whole sentences just get your stuff out and that's what that month of november uh, is. is for so look it up if you want to be a uh if you're looking to be a writer or contact us here or check with brandy um because that gives you uh sometimes that starting place there are quite a few good uh like well-known books that have been published that came from NaNoWriMo Mm -hmm. I was surprised to see how many so anyway but Brandy it's been great we appreciate you. you coming in and um Look forward to, do you have a new one in the pipeline? I do have a new one in the pipeline. Um, It's very early stages. So optimistically, I would love to have it out by the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. So we're just something to look forward to. Trucking along (laughs) on that one. Awesome. Well, we totally uh, promote you and, and support you. And we appreciate you having your books here in our store. And, um, we wish you continued luck with all of them. Thank you so much. Thanks. And everybody who's been listening, uh, this was Brandy Easterling Collins, and uh, she's got four amazing books. So if you would uh, like to get one of those and check out her writing, I think you'll be really happy. Uh, Just let us know. And until next time, thanks for listening.